This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and now my state of New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game. Plus 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play for free and pay games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter it to the Super Bowl Props Contest for your chance to win $100,000. All right, DGens, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. Welcome back to the show, me, your host, the God of Golf, Steve Shermer. And if you hear my voice doing the ad reads, once again, I'm doing the show solo. Uh, Boston Capper, once again, is MIA. Apparently, he doesn't really want to break down the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open with me. Actually, it's called the WM Open now. I guess uh, Waste Management is now rebranding to that. So uh, we'll talk about that golf course in a little bit. Uh, before I do that, I want to have, oh, I got some thoughts about the Pebble, uh, 18T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, I got a little couple thoughts about the bone saw too, but why don't we get first to, uh, my week. And, uh, you know, as you guys know, I was in Florida last week. I had a lovely time with my wife, had a good time with my family, uh, you know, watched some of the football games on my, uh, sister's beautiful community down there. And then when I got back, I, uh, did my normal, uh, you know, stack crunching, uh, my normal prep. Uh, I didn't appear on any of the shows last week. Thank you to Brian Kirshner, our DFS guy. He and uh, host of the Tap and Birdie uh, podcast. He filled in very nicely for me with Boston Capper. Uh, I listened to some of what they had to say, listened to a couple other shows. But, you know, I, I just did my normal, normal routine. And I made a bunch of bets. Um, ended up betting Seamus Power 30 to 1. And I was very happy that, once again, uh, staring in the face of a five-shot, being on a guy with a five-shot lead. I knew that it wasn't going to hold based on what happened with the Sony Open. And of course, he gacked it away on the easiest course uh, of the rotation in Monterey Peninsula. Somehow went plus three uh, on that course on Saturday. That was pretty painful. But heading today, I had Spieth 22 to one. I had Andrew Putnam 90 to one. I had Ben Joel Damon live yesterday at 30 to one. I was feeling pretty good. I had a lot of things, you know. You know, a lot of pots in the fire, let's put it that way. Um, and then about back halfway through the back nine, it looked like Spieth was going to run away with it. He was going to win. Um, he had just hit the fairway on 14. He was up two. It's a par five. You know, it, it, it looked like things were going his way. Like, you know, they, there was a couple other guys that were chasing, but they weren't really making any putts. They weren't really doing anything. It looked like a nail one with Spieth. And then... Once again, like I was at the Sony, I got a little message, not from Boston Capper. He, he's busy doing his own thing, but uh, 
host of the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast show and also an avid, uh, hey, he gambles on everything, Munaf, who was not happy because he had Troy Merritt and he also had Tom Hoagie. He also had a couple other guys. He was pretty upset. You know, it wasn't going to go his way. So he, he, texted, he sent me in Slack. Uh, Spieth got this. Okay. You know, listen, it was a little bit of uh, maybe some spiteful mushing. I don't think he intended it. But as soon as that happened, uh, Spieth hat hit a pretty mediocre approach shot into or layup into the par five, ended up hitting it to about 15 feet, missed the putt. And then from the, it was just downhill for Spieth from there. His ball striking just completely went away. Uh, he had a really poor drive on 15. Uh, he ended up getting up and down for par, missed the putt barely on 16, and then missed what would have probably been an incredible approach shot on 17, just missed by a foot, ended up in the bunker, ended up missing the putt. And then Tom Hoagie, who Rudolph had, by the way, who was, he was trying to mush into a win, which is funny he would do this because he was on the wrong end of the Henley thing at the Sony with me. Uh, his boy ended up winning. And, but, you know, uh, so congrats to all the Hoagie tickets. Uh, I ended up being smart, and as soon as that happened, I saw things were kind of turning against Spieth. I ended up getting on the 4-1 to one just to get something out of it because – God damn it, guys. Stop mushing my guys. Okay? Like, just save it. <laughs> That's the second time this year somebody has opened their mouth and ruined something for me. But at least I end up getting something for it. I, otherwise, I had a great weekend. Uh, I ended up getting a bunch of top 40s. I think four of the six I had cash. I had Hadwin, Nick Taylor, Mark Hubbard. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, oh, Pat Perez. That did well. Bazane, who had a top 30 for me. I only did one matchup at the bone saw, which I'll save till later. I did a couple other things over the weekend that went my way too. So, you know, listen, hitting an outright on speed would have been great. It wasn't in the cards, but I ended up making money for the tournament is what it is. So it, it just sucks that for a couple of reasons, a, I got my heart ripped out twice with power blowing it on Friday or Friday and Saturday, and then speed blowing it with five holes ago. That sucks. It also sucks that, like, I bet Tom Hoagie last year this tournament at, like, 125 to 1. And I was expecting to bet him again. <laughs> he came in second at the Amex. I know he did well at the RSM. Like, like these types of tracks, I know that you should use Tom Hoagie. And so I was really surprised to see him at, like, $9,000 in DraftKings and 55 to 1 the Osbords. And I'm the type of person that... Like once you get past 50 to one, I don't really care what the number is. If I think you're good, I think you're going to win. I should just bet it because I mean, like if you're an EV person, you know, the implied odds, if you're 60 to one is 1.6%. And if you're 101, it's about 1%. And if I put you in a life and death situation where, Hey, you had a 1.6% chance of survival with one or 1% 1 with the other, you're not going to really care about the difference in the percentages and the odds, do you? And that's why, you know, sometimes when you haggle over pricing, like 60 to 1, 101, if you don't agree with it, you end up losing out just like I did. And I pass on because I just looked at like, Tom Hokey, 55 to 1, what are we doing here? So I have bobbing for a couple other things, which didn't pan out. And now I feel like a schmuck, but hey, that's golf. Um, you know, we'll move on and we'll survive. And uh, we'll get to a couple other guys that I want to talk about, you know, with DFS as far as ownership and how they did uh, in a little bit. But first, we're going to take. Our first app break. All right. Let's start with WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, Virginia, and New York. We're, they're bringing all the excitement of Win Las Vegas online. 
directly to you from Boosted's same game parlays to live in game odds and every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. So don't forget all the, the props that will be available for WinBet for the Super Bowl. Best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop focused same game parlay for the big game. And also be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. During WinBet and Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. So sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $10, win $200 in free bets. So download BetWin. Download the WinBet app.com or WYNMBet.com to start winning today. Uh, offer subject to change for the conditions of WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in, in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. While we look at some... Uh, just how, you know, the DFS slate. Last week, I couldn't do it. I did a solo podcast for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, I did it before the tournament was done uh, at Tory. So, but now I have all the scoring and everything. So, why don't we go through the tiers, see what everybody did. So, uh, thanks to Daniel Berger and Will Zalatoris bet, uh, bowing up. There were only three choices in over, over $10,000. You have Patrick Cantley 10-8. It's Seamus Power 10-2. You have Jordan Speed at 10. Um Patrick Canley garnered about double the ownership or more than double the ownership of Power and Spieth. Canley was running about 36% this week. Power at 16, Spieth at 15. You, you couldn't really go wrong with either. Uh, Canley's seventh in scoring. Seamus Power is ninth. Uh, most of that coming on Thursday and Friday. And Spieth was fourth. Nothing really to say there. Uh, Seamus Power, like I mentioned, really disappointing. Very flaccid over the weekend. That that kind of crushed me. So, But uh, otherwise, DraftKings... You were pretty happy. Um, Nine thousand dollars range. The most popular guys. You had Justin Rose at twenty four percent, Maverick McNeely twenty percent, Jason Day nineteen percent, Cameron Trigali eighteen percent. All those guys stunk for the most part. Uh, McNeil or Jason Day was the least stinky at thirty fourth. I mean, he was kind of hanging around heading into today. Uh, they were all pretty popular picks. Um, just didn't really do it for you. I think everybody was. I think. I think the biggest surprise was probably Mad McNeely. You know, he had a lot of steam coming in. Like, this is like, you know, he's a Pebble Beach guy. He's played this since he was 15. And, you know, he played so well last week at Torrey. You would think, like, all right, maybe this is the big win for him. And he was pretty much a non-factor the whole weekend. I don't really remember seeing a whole lot of shots from him. Uh, but the best guys were the guys, if you want contrarian. You had Denny McCarthy, who, again, $9,100. I know he's been playing great, but that's sticker shock right there. He's 11th in scoring. I think he made a big run today. Tom Hoagie, obviously the sticker shock of seeing him at $9,000. He was only 10% owned. Maybe people just blew past him because, hey, it's Tom Hoagie. Maybe I'll just bet him outright, just skip him in DFS because I just, I, let's just face it. Like, I like Tom Hoagie as a player, but you can probably get a similar performance of cheaper guys from him. Like, he's not the most talented player out there. He's a good player, but he's not the most talented. But, hey, congrats to him. Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick was a guy I really like this week. I've been 40 to 1. That was actually the first bet I made all week. And, like while he didn't come through, he was fifth in scoring this week. He was only 10% owned. And that's somebody who I'm going to my eye on probably Riviera. He played well there last year, especially if it's windy conditions. It's been really firm in Southern California too. I think that's going to help a guy like him. And he's had a lot of, really, a lot of good performances there. So uh, maybe not this week at Scottsdale. I think he's playing this week there. I, that's not a golf course. I see Fitzpatrick doing well at let's round back at him in Riviera. So all right, eighth thousand dollar range. You got Matt Kuchar, twenty four percent, big bust. I got suckered into him too. He looked good in all the models, and you know he was on. I think like a top forty stretch for a while. He was playing well, didn't do anything. Uh, Mito Pereira got mushed. That didn't work out for you. I guess the most popular guy who did the best is 
Lanto, he was 12th in scoring. Uh, Christian Bazan did also did pretty well. Thank you for the top 30 from him. Uh, Troy Merritt at 8%. I mean, I, I, he was pretty popular pick this week. Not in DFS, but I think for outrights, I think people looked at how well he was doing at this golf course for a while. And it looked like he had it going. I, I He was tied with speed, I think, through 15 holes. And I, I think at that point, maybe he looked to a leaderboard and saw he was tied for lead because he hit a really poor wedge on 15 that was like 15 yards short uh he ended up i think getting up and down for par hit a kind of a so-so uh approach shot into 16 and up in the rough he got up and down there and at 17 just hits it into the bunker hits a really poor bunker shot out ends up uh two putting for double basically and that took him out of it so uh, and then Andrew Putnam, that was a guy I was on a 90 to one. Uh, he just was flat today. It is what it is. It's Andrew Putnam. You know, what I expect. Uh, 7,000 hour range. If you went chalk, you got murdered. Lucas Glover, most popular player, 15%. Didn't make the cut. Michael Thompson coming off a really nice Tory Pines performance. People thought they could probably end up in the pebble. I, I, I almost fell for that too, but I noticed that Michael Thompson, he's either, he's very feast or famine. He alternates between good performance, bad performance. If he's playing this week in Phoenix, maybe go back to him, but he was bad last week. And then Sahit Tagala, I was, I got sucked into that too. I think I put like a hundred to one on him as well. He uh, technically made the cut, uh, but they only took top 60. So he got paid to not play on Sunday, but in DraftKings, he was pretty bad. He didn't make a lot of birdies. Like he was only 95th. As far as some stars in the range, uh, Nick Taylor, thank you for the top 40 at two to one. He was 10th in scoring. Pat Perez, same thing. Thank you for the top 40, 16th in scoring. Joel Damon too. Um, shout out to our podcast friend, Jeff Nagel. Uh, I think he was one of the only ones that was on Damon this week. Uh, he didn't have a lot of steam. His history at, uh, Pebble had been okay. You know, he's had a couple of good performances on coastal tracks and shorter tracks. So that could have worked out. Um, but I mean, otherwise, like there wasn't really a whole lot to go with, but Hey, Nagel trusts his gut. That got him six in DraftKings scoring. That was pretty good. Um, some other stars in the range you got, let's see, actually a lot of guys who were not very popular in 7,000 hours did really well. Like, like anything under four was pretty good for you. So Taylor Moore at 4.2%, he's 24th in score. Also won the pro-am, uh, by the way, uh, JJ Spahn, 25th, Adam Svensson, 33rd, Brendan Todd, 18th. All the guys were under three and a half percent. Nate Lashley, another decent performance, Pebble Beach, 27th in score. And then Bo Hosser, 0.2%, my boy, Bo. I've always had kind of a soft spot for him ever since I saw him when he was, what, 17 years old, play the U.S. Open at Olympia Fields or Olympia Olympic Club in 2012, the one that Webb Simpson won. I think he was tied for the lead at like halfway through the second day. And, you know, I think he got like a top 15 finish. I always thought he could be pretty good. And he was a good player at Texas, but I think some injuries got, got in the way and his hasn't really been the same. And then other $7,000, I mean, I don't know, Pierre Malnati, 2%. Uh, Trey Molinax, like it seems like if you went like if you hit on your nines and tens and then just kind of got lucky with your sevens, that seems like that was the right play, uh, right play this week. Otherwise, dip it under six, not really a whole lot unless you you know went on Sean O'Hare, fourteenth and scoring point four percent. I mean that's that was good to see him play a little better. You know he's 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 had a really good career, but he, he's had injuries kind of derail him and. You know, that's that's really about it with him. I mean, I don't know, 0.1% Bo Van Pelt. <laughs> Congratulations who played him. That's really it. Uh, I'm ready to move on from Pebble. I, I guess I, I do have a couple of thoughts about the Bonesaw Classic. Um, 
I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I watched this morning's coverage, although then I had to do uh, some daddy duty um, once my tape kick got up. And I'm missing the end. I was checking the leaderboard a little bit. Uh, it looked like I checked it and Bubba was up two on Varner. And I thought it was over. And then I missed a hell of a finish. He birdied the 17th, which everybody was doing. It was a short par four. And that eagle putt. Oh, man, that was... You know, I, I, I've I criticized the bone saw. I've criticized for the players going over. That was pretty cool. That was a good moment, seeing him spike the putter on the fairway and jump into the caddy's arm. And that was really cool, Bubba, come running over to uh, and giving him a big hug. You know, kudos to the camera crew for following Bubba over to the green uh, for that moment. You know, it also was nice. I mean, I, I don't think Royal Greens Golf Club is anything all that special, but it was nice to see a harder golf course. I mean, when it's windy, that golf course plays really tough, uh, especially when you get on, you know, past Palom, which is just really difficult to put on when it's windy. Uh, even though it's a slower turf, it's just it's it's not easy at that golf course because it's so exposed. There's literally nothing around it. It's unprotected from the wind. You see guys, you know, hitting shots, riding the wind, shaping shots. It was. Other than the political stuff, which I'm not going to get into again, uh, it is what it is with this thing. You know, it was a good watch. Um, I hope everybody's happy with their money that they got playing over, playing there. Uh, I know a lot of guys who played this event are coming back over to Scottsdale this week. That'll be interesting to see how those guys do. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of that, why don't we start breaking this tournament down? Uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. But before that, while we take another break. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play for free in paid games and real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And you can win as much as $15,000 in one single entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry about it. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. They have multiple games that are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. So download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. All right. Let's move on to that dumpster fire Pebble Beach uh, program. <laughs> and well, at least for me. Um, and let's move on to the Waste Manager Phoenix Open. So let's start with the field. Really strong field. Much stronger than last week. You know, you're going to get a lot of guys coming over from the Saudi international plane here. Um you know, there's just a lot of really solid players uh, in this field. So, and and there always is. It's one of the most popular events on the tour. Not necessarily the biggest, not necessarily the best golf course, but on Super Bowl weekend with the party atmosphere, it's one that the pros definitely want to try and get to. So I guess for me, um, one of the guys I'm watching in this field this weekend, well, I'll give you the reasons. Well, I'm not going to give you the reason why I like him, but I think you're going to, you know, based on how I talk about this golf course, you'll be able to figure out why I like it. Victor Hovland. Um, I'm really interested in seeing how he plays this week because, you know, he's won three of the last five events he's played. Now, the problem is, I mean, none of it has been over here. 
You know, he won the Mayakoba again. He won the Hero World Challenge, which, listen, he won that going away, and he beat a lot of really good players, but it was only a 20-man field. It was an exhibition where guys were mostly drunk all the whole time. You know, what really can you take from that? He did win the uh, Omega Dubai Desert Classic. That is a big-time European Tour event with a lot of good players. I mean, I know he beat Richard Bland in a playoff, but he beat Rory, he beat Hatton, he beat Fleetwood. Like, he beat a lot of really good players in that field. Not like he beat a bunch of schmucks, you know, like lower-level guys. So, while that is a legit win, he doesn't have a big signature win over on PG Tour. Won the Mayakoba twice, won the Puerto Rico Open. But other than that, like, I can't really name another tournament. Actually, I, uh, I can only name one other tournament, like, big-time event on the PJ Tour where he actually had, like, a legit shot to win. Like, I know he was, I think, second or third at WGC Concession. Morikawa was running away with it. it, it he wasn't really in the mix. Uh, he was in the mix of the workday, but that ended up being just a duel between Morikawa and JT. Uh, he doesn't have a top 10 in a major. That's really it, though. And, I like, Hoblin's great. He pops in all the models. He's a strokes gain darling. But, you know, in a bigger field, and, uh, you know, it's something over here. It's time for him to step up. You see Morikawa step up, his, you know, chief rival in, his, in that little rookie class. Time for the big boy win. And maybe it comes this week. There's a lot of things I like about Hoblin with this golf course that I'll get to in a little bit. Um, I think another guy you want to look at, too, he's arguably the horse for the course, is Tadaki Matsuyama. He's a great form. Uh, he ripped my heart out at the Sony Open a couple weeks ago. Uh, he also won the Masters. He won the Zozo over in Japan. Got three wins over the last 12 months. He's won this tournament twice. Uh, during a stretch from 2014-2017, he had two wins and two other top fives, and he's playing great. For a lot of reasons. I mean, it's his ball striking's back. He's been putting a little better. And he putts pretty well in overseas surfaces like this one. So he's another threat to win. And then, you know, it, it just it's stacked. You got Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kapka, who won this last year. Uh, thank you for uh, putting some money in my Super Bowl account last year, uh, Kepka. Appreciate that. Uh, John Rahm, you got Xander coming back from the Saudi International. You got Jordan Spieth, who just blew it for me this week. And Justin Thomas, among others, it's a really strong field. Like Abe Answers here. Like I think Scotty Scheffler's in the field. Like it's a great field. Um, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. So um, with that, while we get into the golf course. So this is a TBC Scottsdale. It's uh, built in 1986. The Waste Management Phoenix Open has always held, been healthier. Uh, it was originally designed by Tom Weisskopf and Jay Morris. It's part of the TBC network, which means it's owned by the PGA Tour. Uh, it's about 7,260 yards. It is usually Bermuda grass, but at this time of year, it's overseed with Poet Trivialis, ryegrass, bent, a whole bunch of northern grasses. And, the, you know, there's always some confusion about, is this Bermuda? Is this overseed? Don't be confused. It's overseeded. Uh, it is way too cold in Scottsdale this time of year. Sustained healthy Bermuda growth. In fact, you're going to see all the dormant Bermuda rough well outside the ropes because, you know, it's all dormant. But inside the ropes, considering this was sponsored by a waste management company, Waste Management, who also has a lot of green initiatives, they want this golf course to pop with green. It is literally emerald green. And that's how you know that a golf course is overseas. When it's this deep, dark green, 
That's ryegrass. That's background. That's a northern strain of grass. And that's exactly what we have this week. So don't use Bermuda stats. Don't use any of that stuff. So as far as the golf course itself, like it's one of the most popular venues on the tour for obvious reasons. And, you know, I mean, it's the party atmosphere, especially on the 16th. But for the first 14 holes, it's kind of a dud. I mean, if you if you ask me what I know about TPC Scottsdale across the first 14 holes, like I honestly can't really tell you much. Like besides just looking at the overheads, I I know it's kind of wide fairways, usually pitched in by a bunker about 290, 310 out. You know, a lot of similar bunkering around each green. Everything's kind of straight out in front of you. It, it's kind of just blah. Uh, I, I think number three has that dry Creek in front of the green there on the par five. That's kind of cool. Sometimes you see guys down in there and they kind of struggle in it. Uh, number 10 is like a sharp dog, like right where guys can cut the corner. That can be kind of cool. But otherwise though, like, for 14 holes, this golf course kind of sucks. But what I think is good about this golf course it's not necessarily because it's like well-designed or just an architectural masterpiece or anything. The, the closing stretch from holes 15 to 18 provide opportunity for a lot of drama down the stretch, which is really what as fans and gamblers and people who watch this stuff actually care about. Like I can get on this show and talk about, you know, all oh, the greens are magnificent or just, I love the routing you guys. While it's might be interesting to hear, you don't give a shit. Like at the end of the day, we want to be entertained and it's a very, entertaining stretch of holes from 15 to 18. So starting off, we got the 15th hole, which is a par five. You know, you always want to have a nice quote par five down the stretch in order to, you know, get some movement on the leaderboard. It's about 553 yards, got an Island green. That's always fun. You know, you see guys going it for two, you know, maybe hitting the water, you know, it can change things. It's got water all the way down the left. Um, yeah, it just, let's say it's, there's been a lot of drama on this hole. It's also very important to birdie this hole um, if you really want to win. Uh, Fowler birdied it in the final round on his way to beating Brandon Grace back in 2018. Uh, Gary Woodland birdied it three out of four times uh, when he won. Uh, Matsuyama birdied it six out of eight times on his way to winning back in 2016 and 2017. Uh, and then Kapka in 2015 eagled this hole. Uh, in 2015, he got his first career PGA Tour win. I think he birdied it again last year in order to help him win too. And then you move into the 16th. And as you play your way down the 15th, you start hearing all the noise, all the murmurs from just the frat party that is the 16th. And look, like if, if you've been watching this tournament, I don't need to describe it to you. It's a raucous crowd. Uh, you're going to see the guys dressing Big Bird. You're going to hear the DJ spinning. Like you're, you're going to see videos of guys tossing golf balls with $100 bills into the crowd. I mean, from an actual golf standpoint, this hole is kind of just whatever it's 160 yards. It's got a couple bunkers in front. It's a two tier green. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to it, but what makes it so special is you have just the party atmosphere and that's what people want to go here for this thing. And you know, I mean, it's, it's, it makes it unique. So if you, if you want to find out more about the party atmosphere, what goes on, the guys in no laying up, they did a video of, uh, you know, when they actually went to, the the Phoenix Open, they went inside the ropes. It's just you know, it's 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 a good way to get you kind of pumped for this event. But for me, if I ever go to this thing, I, I'm probably not going to the 16th. I don't really need to see these guys play 
this hole over and over. I, I, there's not really, there's not a whole lot of drama, like actual golf drama that happens on this hole. But on the next hole, I can tell you a lot of key moments about things that have happened, like game changing moments in this tournament. It happens on 17, which I think is one of the most exciting holes on the PGA Tour as far as just how things can kind of flip on itself down the stretch. So it's the drivable par three. It's about 392 yards. A lot of ways to play it. I mean, most guys nowadays with how long the equipment goes can just kind of take a three wood and either bail out right, chip on, try to get a birdie. But, you know, there's been some guys who have misplayed this hole a bunch of times. Like, for example, um, Tony Finau, he was nursing, I think, a two-shot lead over Webb Simpson back in 2020. And he took an iron off the tee. He was going to lay up, maybe sell for par. Like, it really was, it was going to take Webb going birdie, birdie to uh, beat him. But he ended up being in the bunker. And I think he ended up not, I think he had just parring it and then Webb hit a birdie when the layup definitely was like him laying up into the bunker was really bad. And that's why he lost the tournament. He ended up losing the playoff. You also see guys hitting the water here. Like Brandon Grace was tied with Ricky. Um, Heading into the 17th, he ended up hitting an ugly duck hook left into the water. That blew his chance. Ricky even blew it here, too. I think he was, back in 2016, he hit a, a three-wood or a driver. Just absolutely nuked it. Hit the down slope and ended up running all the way through the green into the water behind, behind the green. He ends up losing again in a playoffs of Hideki that year because he hit it again in the water. Like, like there's a lot of big moments that happen at this hole. And I'm not saying again, it's the best hole. I'm not saying the most well-designed, but to me, like what I remember about this term is the, the, the sh crazy shit that's happened on that hole, the flip tournaments. And it might happen again this year because I mean, even last year, Brooks Kepka, as everybody was kind of choking away, he had chipping in for Eagle. Like I rem like, that's the stuff I remember, not the 16, not what happens on the front nine for God's sakes. I remember everything that happens on the 17 because it's just it's a good hole. It's it's stuff, it's it's where there's a lot of opportunity to win the tournament. It's and I think it's there. And then the 18th, this is one where we'll talk about it in a little bit. Uh they did a renovation back in 2014. This is one of the holes that kind of toughened a little bit. Um it, it's it's a very intimidating tee shot for basically memorials. You got water all the way down to the left, which behind the water, which is about a 300 yard carry for the pros. There's a series of church view bunkers on the right side. There's about three bunkers, about beginning about 290, 300, going all the way up to 344. It's not an easy tee shot, but for a lot of these guys, because they're at elevation, they can generally carry a lot of the trouble, stepping a nice wedge into the green. It's only about 442 yard 18 uh, hole on the 18th. But, you know, this also is a hole where if you have a one shot lead, you definitely could can screw it up. I've seen guys end up being like the fescue um, in those church pre bunkers. And it's kind of a, they have like a bad lie. Like I think Ricky actually ended up being there. He had to take a baseball swing out of it, just lay up. And then he got up and down. I think for, for bogey to still win. Uh, and there's a lot of ways you can get in trouble on the hole. You know, it's, it's not a guaranteed birdie. It's one that where you can screw up. So, you know, so overall, you know, what's great is this is a lean to the Super Bowl. You have a, a nice, exciting stretch of uh, holes where stuff where the script can flip, you know, kind of what happened today at Pebble Beach, 
Uh, if your guy's down two, maybe he can get some fire. The guy ahead of him starts in some bad shots, and he can blow it. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is this is one of the more entertaining tournaments, not just because of what happens in the 16th, but just because it's a good closing stretch. And I'm very much looking forward to it again. It's going to be nice to hear the see the fans again. I know that I usually rail on, oh, well, the fans get in the way, but this is the one exception. I don't mind all the hoopla, all the yelling, all the mashed potato chants, whatever. Whatever they want to do. Go nuts, guys. All right. Let's take another break. Uh, where is my area? Okay. So let's talk about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish. It's a VPN that makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more importantly, uh, everything else will be, it will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed. Your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or public, I don't go anywhere without using IPVanish. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, even if you search for and bu- everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. To so go to IP- IPVanish.com, so that's SGP, and you can use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, let's go over some betting strategies. So how about some nuts and bolts of the golf course? So like I mentioned, it's about 7,260 yards. Plays a lot shorter than that uh, because we're at about, I think, like 2,000 feet of elevation. So the ball is going to carry a little farther off the tee. You're going to see a lot of big driving distances this week. Uh, I already mentioned the grass type. Um, again, this is overseeded Bermuda. Doesn't mean there's more Bermuda on the golf course. It just means it's overseed with the northern strain that can handle the cooler temperatures right now. Like um, the average low temperature at night in Scottsdale is about 45 degrees right now. Bermuda needs like consistently 65, 70 degree lows. And like it, it basically it needs warmer soil temperatures in order to grow. So that's why you're not going to see these being Bermuda this time of year. So uh, some examples of overseeded golf courses you might want to use. You just have PJ West where they have the Amex. You have TBC San Antonio uh, where they do the Valero. You have Innisbrook with the Valspar. Don't use last year's. That was Bermuda because it was played later in the year, but when it's usually played in March, early April, that's usually still overseeded. You can use that. You can also use um, any players' championships uh, since 2019, since they moved back to March. Um, those are also overseeded. So, you know, if you're somebody who likes to look at putting stats from, you know, using, you know, like Fancy Nash or anything like that, click on those golf courses. You'll find out who does well on these services. If you don't have access to it, you know, generally speaking, it, it takes, you know, having the overseed down makes it run a little smoother, run a little truer, truer. It might kind of rolls a little bit, rolls a little bit more like a bent grass or so, or like a bent poem mix, you know, that you can use some of those types of uh, golf course too, as far as like, 
you know, how they put on. So, uh, and then let's look at the relative skill set chart. That's one I always like using, just kind of figure out like what types of guys are in the top of the leaderboard. So, a couple of things stand out. Um, as far as last week, where we kind of just ignored drive it, like just off the tee performance, we didn't care. It wasn't really all that predictive for how guys did well there because you were using a lot of, you know, there's a lot of lap shots. A lot of times you're not using driver. Here you're using driver a whole lot of TPC Scottsdale. Uh, a lot of straight holes, not a lot of opportunity where you're just going to kind of lay back. You're kind of just going to let it rip. So anytime there's a little, got, you know, a little bit more of an emphasis on driving distance, a little bit more emphasis on driving accuracy, you know, there is a little bit more of a parity as far as like guys who it's not just favoring just long hitters or short hitters. It's pretty wide fairways. It is pretty penal if you, you know, like missing the wrong spots. So a good combination of length and accuracy. You know, just an overall, just how, you know, like good, solid performance off the tee. Like in your stroke skin categories, I'm going to rely on that a lot more than I did last week. And that makes sense. Like when you look at some of the guys who have won this thing, Brooks Kapka, Hideki Matsuyama, Gary Woodland, all those guys, tremendous off the tee. All those guys rank consistently high in that metric. When Ricky Fowler won back in 2019, he had a really good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. Webb Simpson was driving the ball really well when he won, and he hits a whole lot of fairways. And then he got some other horse for courses. John Rahm, Xander, both those guys have a good combination of length and accuracy. Both those guys usually dominate stroke skin off the tee. That's going to be, you can't ignore that stat this week, fellas. You got to use it. Um, <clears throat> also, generally, better putters do pretty well here. You know, that might be a little misleading, though, when you see like, you know, Matsuyama or Woodland, like those guys generally are not very good with their putters, but they tend to putt pretty well on overseas surfaces. Um, Hideki doesn't putt well on like a grainier surface like Bermuda. Well, except for when he won the Sony, but whatever. Um, but here, like, you know, like at Augusta, it's a smoother surface. Like Memorial, it's a smoother surface. Here, you know, there's holding not a whole lot of grain because it's overseeded. Uh, he tends to put a little better on these surfaces. You know, Woodland, same thing. He tends to little, put a little better on northern strains. And when you oversee the Bermuda Green, that's kind of what you turn it into. So if if so, don't if a guy doesn't usually have like good strokes gain metrics, but he's a great ball striker, maybe he does a little better on some of these surfaces. So that's not somewhere to like, you know, really discount him. If you're looking at something else, though, as far as like what's not important, seems like around the green game is not very important this week. Uh, the greens are really big uh, for one. It's it's hard to miss a green here unless the wind is up. Usually the green regulation rate is between like 70 and 75%. Uh, the greens average about 7,200 square feet in area, which is more than double than what it was last week at Pebble. And just if you look at like how guys, like how the winners did at this tournament in recent history since the renovation around the green, they're not really getting a whole lot of strokes off, you know, on the field. And I think the most anyone has gained around the green since 2014 and won this event was 0.25. That's not a whole lot. I think Ricky lost almost um, eight tenths of a stroke per round around the green. And he still won just because he had a great putting week and a great iron week. And he was pretty good off the tee that week. You know, last week we focused on guys who are pretty good scramblers. Not really going to worry about that too much this week. Doesn't seem like that's going to be a lot of important. Um, not really a whole lot of correlation between like good iron players and bad iron players. Kind of just like average. 
There's not really anything that sticks out. I think it's more important to focus instead on just where guys that they're approaching us from. So uh, I post this on my article every week where guys are hitting their approach shots from. Uh, so if you look at last year in 2021, about 62% of all approach shots at TBC Scottsdale came between 125 and 200 yards. And if you look back over the years, at least since the renovation, um, it's pretty consistent, this split. Um, you know, you got about 60, 65% in this range, maybe about 20, 25% over 200 yards, about 20% under 125. And looking at how the golf course is set up from a yard standpoint, this makes sense. Um, as a par 71, it has three par fives. So you're taking away one hole where you're hitting an approach at over 200 right there. Um, only one of the par threes play over 200 yards. Everything else plays, you know, the 16th is about 150 to 170 yards. Sometimes it plays the wedge shot too. Um, I think the, Fourth, maybe about 180 yards. There's another one that's like 170 yards too. I think the only one that's over 200 is the 12th. So <clears throat> not a whole lot of long approach shots here. Um, there's also only one par four over 500 yards, but they're playing at elevation, and this golf course is usually pretty firm. The balls are rolling out a good ways. So you don't have a whole lot of long approach shots here. Well, you also have a whole lot of like flip wedges here either anything under 125 yards. Um, <clears throat> there's only one par four place under 400 yards on the golf course, and that one's drivable. So either you're hitting it right close to the green and there's no approach shot, basically. You're just chipping on. Or you might be laying back in like a 75-yard flip wedge into the pin. Uh, other than that, though, a lot of shots from like 125, 150, you're hitting a lot of pitching wedges, nine irons, seven irons, eight irons. This is a test of your shorter and intermediate irons this week. And with big greens to aim at, um, you know, the ability to stuff your approach out close for good looks and birdies is vital. Uh, usually the winning score is about upper teens under par. You know, there are opportunities you can really shoot yourself in the foot here. But overall, if you're playing pretty well, it's pretty easy to score on this golf course. It's not all that challenging unless you're just kind of spraying everywhere. And that's, and th this is definitely a golf course where if you don't have it off the tee this week, you definitely can get punished. That was one of the things that they wanted to focus on back in 2014 was making this a little more intimidating off the tee. So they add some bunkers, they add a couple of new tee boxes and to kind of, you know, shift things around and bring a little more trouble in the playoff tee for these guys. So that's why performance off the tee, really important for me this week. Iron play is always important for me, but I'm mostly going to focus on guys who hit, you know, those short to intermediate irons pretty well. And I'm going to focus on good potters, especially in overseas surfaces. So last thing I want to leave you at before we get out of here, uh, here are the top 10 players in the field who have gained the most strokes per round at TPC Scottsdale. So number one is Brandon Grace, gained about 2.8 strokes per round over eight rounds. That's mostly from his, I think, third place finish a couple of years ago. Uh, second is Louis Uswazen. He's gained 2.6 over eight rounds. Becky Matsuyama, 29 rounds, two and a half strokes game per round. That is a large sample size, and it's a large history of success there. Uh, fourth is Matthew Neesmith. He only has one tournament here, but I think he finished top 10, getting two and a half strokes per round last year. Xander Schauffele is fifth. That's an interesting one this week. He has not been playing very well lately. Uh, I don't think he has a top 10 anywhere since his win at the Olympics uh, last summer. He was not very good 
over in Saudi this week. I had him. Um, I, I played DJ against him in the matchup in uh, Saudi Arabia this week. That cash. Thank you very much. But he loves his golf course. He's very good here. He probably should have at least a win. He probably should have won this tournament last year. He was had, was in striking distance back in 2020. We get another one. Just had a really poor final round. They'll redo for a big win. Maybe this is week, and if the books price him, you know, 20 to 1 or more, maybe the books are starting to give up on him. I might bet him. Uh, six is John Rahm. He went to Arizona State. He's great here. Uh, I think he has a couple times and finishes. Plus 2.19 strokes around over 24 rounds. Brooks Kepka, seventh. He's won this about twice, gaining over two strokes per round over 16 rounds. Bubba Watson, who I think has won this event, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Um, I know he's done very well here. Yeah, he has won this event. Um, he's gained 1.9 strokes per round over 56 rounds, and then he just played well at the Saudi International as well. And then Justin Thomas, he's always running pretty good here too. So like a lot of the qualities I mentioned, really good off the tee, good combination of length and accuracy. You know, decent iron players are pretty good with their short and mid intermediate irons, pretty good putters for the most part. That kind of describes the list I just described you right there. Um, you know, I mean, this is, you know, especially the off the tee thing, I think that's probably going to be the heaviest thing I weight. And all those guys, maybe with the, the exception of Brandon Grace, all those guys are awesome off the tee. Uh, like, I can't stress enough, that's going to be a big, big thing to value this week. So uh, why don't we take one more break, and then uh, we'll get out of here. All right, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. So Thrive Fantasy is the daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. And with Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value on both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win the share of the prize pool. Thrive has gone, they have a $100,000 guarantee contest for the big game that is $25 to enter, and first place takes home $20,000. So you use a promo code SGP when you sign up today, and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Deposit $10 or more to receive the deposit match, plus two free $100,000 contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. And lastly, brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. January's prop swap's the biggest month ever as bettors from across the country cash in the Super Bowl futures. Like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100, 25-to-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,000. Tough break, Jamie, because they am making the big game, but he had to make it 10 times his money, and the buyer got great odds. So PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, and you'll always find the best odds to collect the most money for your bets. So hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot ticket sales, a loyalty rewards program that turns ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. So join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And lastly, Better Fantasy. Let's talk about that too. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on Better Fantasy app. Download the free app today to bet the player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter the player props pool and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. So download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. All right, that's it. 
Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Enjoy me breaking down the Waste Magic Phoenix Open. I am no longer on vacation, so I will be back for tomorrow's DFS show with Boston Capper. I will also be here on Tuesday for the uh, prop show. And because it's Super Bowl week, we are thinking about doing a Thursday all Super Bowl prop show. But we need your help, though. So in order to incentivize you guys to, well, incentivize us to maybe do a new show for you, we've been asking for you guys' support for, you know, like um, podcast reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. And, you know, I mean, we love doing this for you guys. We try to give you free content, the best content, but anything you guys can do to help us and support us, you know, in that endeavor, it'd be really appreciated. As a thank you, if we can get 10 uh, podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts, between now and Thursday, Boston Capper and I will do a special Thursday show for you, breaking our 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 Super Bowl props. I mean, look, like I I love my my uh, football props, my Super Bowl props. I make no guarantee on how good I am at it. Boston Capper is much better at it. I'm definitely more the golf guy, but there's some golf Super Bowl props that I like doing. Those crossover ones I like doing. You know, I have a take on the game. Um, you know, I'm kind of waiting to see where the line goes, but uh, we'll talk about that too. So yeah, if you got, if we get 10 podcast reviews between now and Thursday on Apple podcast, we'll do a special show for you. So hopefully you guys can uh, step up. We can uh, deliver some more picks for you. So, you know, for Steve or for myself and uh Boston capper, um, we'll see you tomorrow night talking about uh waste magic, Phoenix open DFS and outbreaks. <laughs>